Hello, everybody. Welcome to the College Gridiron Show. I'm Mir Gori, joined by Matt Costantini. I am so excited about this upcoming week. They say it's the greatest conference championship week of the last se- of this century, and I I'm have to say, I'm kind of on that on that bandwagon because you have Clemson versus Miami. Miami is quote unquote back. Clemson. Potentially, if they win this game, could be the, the they could be going to the playoffs for the third time. Then you have Oklahoma TCU, Oklahoma with a first-year head coach potentially going to the playoffs if they win. Then in the SEC, you have total chaos. A two-loss Auburn to be the first team to ever make it into the playoffs with two losses. Or you have Georgia with a second-year head coach in Kirby Smart. Or there's a potential for, for, for mayhem if Auburn loses. And then in the Big Ten, you have Wisconsin potentially going to the playoff for the first time in, in school history. And granted, that's not saying much because it's only been, but what, this will be the fifth year of the playoff. But the thing is that for, for Wisconsin, fourth year maybe, the for, for Wisconsin, this is huge because I don't know when was the last time they won a national championship. Anyway, Costantini, how's it going, man? I am so excited for this coming week. Like I don't even think <laughs> I understand how ready I am. I this playoff season has just been wild the entire way through from the f- time the first rankings came out up to now and we are just in store for a great football this coming week. I mean, these championship games are something out of a dream scenario. Yes. And this is showing that a having a great regular season matters and B winning your conference championship matters to make the playoff. I think that this is exactly what when the you committee say, to ha- When you say to great regular season, you mean like good scheduling, like you have important yeah, you have, games? Yeah, okay. strength okay. of schedule at seeing what Clemson and Oklahoma did, and I guess what Auburn did as well. I mean, playing in the SEC makes your schedule strong regardless. And I think also the, how they schedule the times of these games is becoming important because people will absolve Clemson of their loss to Syracuse because of one— the fact that that Clemson lost their starting quarterback yep, in that game, absolutely. but also because they want to say, "Hey, it was a Friday night game, you yeah. know, so a short week." And you know, I buy that. I buy that. As much as I'm a Clemson hater, and I predicted that they would lose three games in this season, and you know, hey, there's still a possibility for that. They just need to go on a two-game losing streak. But you know, hey, like I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold off on that. I'm also so, gonna call you out here, and I think you need to apologize to Gus Malzahn. I don't need to apologize. I think to you him. do. I don't. You need were to calling apologize. for the man's job. Yeah, because I think he completely botched the Auburn, the Auburn Clemson game. I mean, he called two timeouts in the first drive of the game. Dude, I, come on, man. I mean, I mean, like, I mean if he makes, he the, can't he, make that up. If he makes the playoff, I think. And you know what? They didn't even get the touchdown. They got a freaking field goal. You know? I mean, come on. Like, like, what are you? You know, what are you doing? You know, he's so good. At, at preparing his team in terms of tactics. But then when it comes to the in-game managements, I feel like the execution is always a little bit shoddy. You know, like, for example, and let's recap this past week as I'm going into this example. The at Auburn-Alabama game, they go on a, what was it, a, a 14-0, or, or sorry, no, a 10-0 run. To end the game, I believe it was. No, 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 at the beginning. And then, and then Alabama comes back. And it's thirteen to ten, you know, and and it's just he he takes the foot, you know, the the foot off of the the pedal, you know, and 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 he just it looks like he's just kind of almost celebrating way too soon. If you're the head coach of Auburn and Alabama's been on this dynastic run, you should never 
take your foot off the gas. And he's already lost a national championship. He should be the hungriest person in America when he's facing Alabama, you know? And, I mean, they won. I know they won. But the thing is is that this this is the same coach that has played five quarterbacks in one game. He's he's used two timeouts in, in the first drive of a very critical game against Clemson. I just I don't know how great Malzahn is. I just think he I don't, he gets it. He somehow gets it to work. I don't know. I mean, I I was watching the game with my dad over over the break. So I this is some insight coming from him, and he said, "I have never seen Alabama." get dominated on defense the way they did against Under Auburn. Nick Saban. Under Nick Saban, yes. And he was absolutely correct. Auburn's offense was doing absolutely whatever they wanted on that Alabama defense, which is something I have not seen. And even on offense, they just could not get anything going. Calvin Ridley didn't really do much outside of a few Calvin really hasn't done much since his freshman year, though. I mean, he's looked good in spots this season, but you are correct. He has not looked as explosive or as good as he has. And Jerry Judy's been okay Yeah, and I after mean, so much hype after the spring game. And and Jalen Hurts has been good, not great, this season. I have to say Jalen Hurts has looked better, though. He, he has yeah, looked better. I, I think I've, he looks better impressed. than he did last year. Yeah, I'm impressed. I yeah. have to, uh, to be dr- brutally honest, I think the two guys that have really improved are Damien Harris, my buddy from – from high school, and then, you know, obviously, Jalen Hurts, just absolutely fantastic, the improvements he's made on the passing game. He's nowhere near being a first-round quarterback no, no, yet, no. but hey, this is his I mean, second year. Last year, he was a running back playing quarterback. This year, he looks like a competent quarterback and a very good running back. There so, was a brief period of time when he could have been considered a Heisman finalist. Exactly, so I'm not, I'm, I'm, my point about the Auburn-Alabama game was, Malzahn is a really lucky guy because when they went on that undefeated streak and they and they went to the national championship game, obviously won the playoff and went to the national championship game uh, against Florida State, that whole season it was these really fluky things that had to happen. And if you remember, you know, before they started going on this run, you know, before Georgia, before all these games, Auburn, you know, th- th- Malzahn was going to get fired. And I'm just I'm not sure how great Malzahn is. I just see this trend happening. You know, this this happened. Uh, this ha- is happening at Penn State with Franklin. This happened at Texas A&M with Sumlin, and Sumlin already has been fired. Franklin, obviously, I think it's too soon to fire him this Absolutely. year. But if he like has, let's say, another two years that he either disappoints or just has bad seasons, then he will definitely get yeah. fired. Um, and, and, you know, again, Malzahn, I mean, these are the kind of coaches that they go on these really nice runs at the beginning of their of their careers, and then you kind of see what happens after that. And I just see a similarity between all three of these coaches, and one has already been fired. But, you know, touching up on, on some of the other things that have happened this past week, um, I know that that was the Auburn-Alabama game was the biggest one. The others, in my eyes, didn't really live up to the hype. No. I would like to focus, though, on the coaching carousels. Greg Schiano, what do you think? I think it's a really sad situation that a – no one can see it because we're on studio here. And but in air quotes. Air quoting. Alleged misconduct while he was right. at Penn State that has not been proven by anybody yet. Right. And, I mean, you just hear up and down from guys he worked with in the pros – from players he coached both at Rutgers him. and in the pros. They absolutely love him. They say he's the most upstanding guy they've ever met. 
he might be a little bit too intense at times. I've heard that from ex-players and ex-coaches that. But you can kind of see that about his demeanor. But that's not a bad thing. thing. He's pushing his kids to be the best they can be, and I don't see a problem with that. I do think it is an absolute travesty that a fan base that basically rioted in the streets of Tennessee, of Knoxville, Tennessee, to make this man not be their head coach. And I kind of thought it was a little bit gutless by the athletic department to pull the contract at the very last second before he had a chance to sign it. So that's a little bit unfortunate for him. A little, I mean, and now they're, Tennessee's finding an even harder problem finding a head coach. I mean, I know Mike Gundy turned them down after staying, deciding to stay with Oklahoma State. I know somebody else turned their job down this morning. So they're having a really tough time because I don't think guys trust their athletic department right now. I think the important thing to understand is, you know, it's possible that they used that excuse to say, hey, we don't want this guy here. Because you have to remember, Shiano's win-loss record, I think he was coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFL, but his win-loss record in in the NFL was not good. It was not good. And at Rutgers, it was not good. That's because he never had really good teams at Rutgers. That's fine. But his defense at Ohio State underperformed this year. It, it definitely. I mean, if you just watch the Oklahoma game, but they, some guys he he's developed have turned into very good players, and, very good pros. And again, the players really like him, the coaches really like him, but his win loss record is still not great. There are a lot of coaches and players. There are a lot of people that love Rex Ryan, but has Rex Ryan shown to be a a very good head coach? I'm not sure. But Shiano doesn't even have the accomplishments that Rex Ryan has had. Because at least Rex Ryan went to two AFC Championship games. At least Rex Ryan has coached Super Bowl winning defenses or Super Bowl caliber defenses, you know? And so for that reason alone, I feel like in in a way, as much as it's a bad look, I feel like Tennessee actually dodged a bullet with Shiano. Maybe. They just handled it so poorly. It was so poorly. And I mean, and they could actually face some legal action from Shiano and his camp because... Apparently there was some there was a hand a verbal agreement made where he's entitled to some money now out of them just for not even co- oh not oh even coaching he, for them. oh yeah absolutely because he got excoriated on 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 Twitter and yeah. on national television because they showed those videos on national television so what kind of look do you think that sh- that shows for Shiano absolutely he should get as much money as he can from Tennessee absolutely and and you know what the athletic uh, the, the athletic director of Tennessee should be fired. Oh, their fans are calling for his for his head on a platter. Well, they're calling his head on a platter because he actually considered to hire Shiano, and I think that would have been yeah. a big mistake. And second of all, the way he just botched the negotiation. How do you have the high? Look, when you're when you're uh, interviewing somebody in a job, you have the the high ground, you know, because you have something that the other person wants. You know, I mean, Shiano. It, He's a, a defensive coordinator, albeit at Ohio State, but he wants to be a head coach. So Tennessee's in a position of power. If you act like that to, to your head coach candidates, every head, co- every head coach knows you're not in a position of power. So coaches like Gundy, who are, again, like Shiano, great at producing uh, uh, talented players but not very good at getting a- amazing results, though I think Gundy's a better coach than Shiano. Coaches like Gundy, who should stay at Oklahoma State because that's kind of their level if I'm sorry to say that, but it's no, kind of right. his level. Um, and are, honestly, are telling them no. I think Mike Gundy would be taking a step down if he goes to Tennessee. Exactly. Tennessee is not a good program right now. It's not. They had a really good run for ten years under Furman and 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 Manning, and that's it. I mean, that 
if Peyton Manning had gone to Ole Miss, I don't think Tennessee would be as well known. Not at all. I I really have to be. They honest. would be another pushover SEC team, like a Kentucky or someone like that. Uh, and I'm sorry to say this because they lost their coach. Going on to the next point is, you know, Mississippi State. They lost Dan Mullen. You but know? shameless plug for for Fordham. Congratulations to ex football right. coach I, Jim it, Moorhead. Well, good. I set you up because I'm. You know, I'm sorry to say this on a Fordham. You know, radio, but I'm just. I'm not really impressed by Joe Moorhead's offense. Uh, I think Saquon Barkley was great because, because you know, it's Saquon Bar- Barkley. You know, a, a guy from the Bronx, actually kind of funny, or at least he was born here. Um, I don't really know how great his I don't offense know. I, I mean, is. I mean, I mean, he's turned Tracy McSorley into something. Well, right, but but you remember how they botched that Ohio State game. I do. I, I'm not going to forget I'm that. not going to put it on the offensive coordinator, yeah. though. I'm putting it on the head coach, just like you did. I, I understand that, but I, I just I wonder how I, – I think McSorley has developed. I'm just not sure about Moorhead uh, overall, but I do think it was the right hire for Penn State because it's a quality guy. He He's great at developing players. I'm just not sure how great he is at, at scheming offenses. But see, right but now – But his offense, the type of offense he wants, is just uh, liberal enough yet conservative enough that – It'll be effective in the SEC. Yes, yeah, I was just gonna, I was gonna say the same thing. I think okay. right now his offense is SEC capable, and he'll need to. Sur- oh, it's totally SEC. Yeah. Yeah. and he'll he'll need to surround himself with some guys that really know defense right. to to contribute there. But I mean, you look what he did here at Fordham, and the guys under him absolutely loved him, and they put the guys on they offense produced NFL players. Yeah, the guys on offense put up some crazy numbers while he was here. I mean, right. you look at Chase Anderson, and I mean, yeah, he's a good player, but. The scheme he was in fit him perfectly. It's like Christian Hackenberg. Exactly. You know. Exactly. And I think that he did the same thing at Penn State. He showed how good of an offensive mind he is. And I really think Mississippi State got a good coach here. I mean, he's going to be a guy that'll be there. I Apparently, he's good on the recruiting trail, so that'll be good for them. And plus, you look at some of the guys that will be coming back next season, as in Nick Fitzgerald as, for their quarterback, I think he'll have a chance to be really successful. Yeah, I I think Fitzgerald became successful as well as Dak Prescott because of Mullen, but I think they're guys that have ability, and that is exactly what what Moorhead can do. He can take a little bit of ability and and amplify it. I don't know how great of a in game play caller he is because to be honest, his offensive haven't looked particularly amazing. But to that point, going back to Auburn just for a second and transitioning to the next topic, which is you know our upcoming week is. You know, Auburn has been successful because they have a, a different offense than the SEC, than what the SEC is used to. I don't think the SEC would in 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 this season at least would be able to handle an Oklahoma offense, let alone handle a, 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 a I think a Pac-12 offense, yes, but a, a, an Ohio State offense or or a Clemson offense. I really don't. I think the SEC's defenses have lost a lot of talent. I think that they've lost a lot of quality coaches, and I think that's why Auburn has been able to capitalize with a with slop two very sloppy performances. But with that being said, do you think Auburn's going to beat Georgia? Um, that's a tough question because I mean they carry on Johnson. Well, yeah, I guess right. And the game that they played against Georgia in the regular season. I think they just completely surprised Georgia. They, Georgia was not ready for what was coming their way. I think that this time might be a little bit different because Georgia will know what to expect. Georgia's playing with a lot of fire. 
Because I, I think Georgia, passion. I honestly think Georgia wants this game more than Auburn does. I, I totally agree with that. And I think that Gus Malzahn... Because A, they're out six, for revenge. And, and Gus Malzahn is the perfect guy to fall for that trap, I think. Oh, yeah. He's, I mean, I'm with he's, you. He, he, I'm, 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 he's shown it, and I'm not trying to be mean, but he's shown it, that his teams can be a bit sloppy in their execution, and he can be a bit sloppy himself in his execution, how he calls those timeouts, because I'm not going to forget that. Or, or or putting five quarterbacks in, a, in an entire quarter and using three different quarterbacks... And I'm I'm telling you, not three quarter like three players playing the quarterback position on a specific play, but three different quarterbacks in a single drive. I mean that that kind of stuff just drives me crazy. Um, so I I'm gonna go with George on this one. I think I'm and with you. I think if Georgia wins, they're obviously automatically in. Yes. Um, but I'm not sure that opens up any possibilities for Alabama, even if Wisconsin loses. Because Alabama I don't, needs a lot of help. Yeah, I mean, and there are a lot of teams below Alabama and Georgia that need a lot of help. I mean, yeah. I I know that it's a no chance at all ever, but I think UCF is kind of getting the short end of the stick. Only fourteenth. Yeah, only fourteenth. I mean, For an I understand regular you, season. I, I know. I mean, the Pac-12 is just absolutely pathetic. I mean, not Pac-12. No, one second. Okay. I, the Pac-12 was absolutely pathetic, and I get it. USC is like the best right now. It's USC, and they're tenth, and they got Sam Darnold. USC is a so guy overrated. That, I know, and so is Sam they Darnold. They should not be ranked Sam 10. Darnold, say, I, this is what's driving me crazy: is that UCF should be ten, USC should be eleven. Yeah, I mean they really should, and 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 this just to touch up on the Pac-12 for a second. I I'm really worried for Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold will be a total bust if, if he, he doesn't return to school. I would be incredibly surprised. I, would I be, think I think he should. I realize. would. Ju- I don't think it's just surprise. You should be very disappointed. Like I think that, the, you're, that's the perfect word, disappointed, yeah. because that means people in his camp really were, failed failed him. Matt, 100%. high five, man. That's a hundred percent. See, it's it, like you know what I'm saying. Like Matt, thank you. Like. He needs to have a serious conversation. He's twenty one. I get it if he wants to go. I get it, but his parents. His parents. His head coach. His trainer, probably. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure he has some kind of trainer. Yeah, I mean, mean, his quarterbacks coach. They all need to sit him down and have a serious conversation once the season's ended and be like, "Hey, you were not good enough this year. Who cares if for what reason? Yeah, who cares." I mean, experts were calling you the number one overall draft pick ESPN in the NFL has been watching since, you nonstop. Since, the, since the last college football season ended. Right. And that has been all you have had on your mind. But you were not good enough in college this season, and you need another year to get ready. I think Sam Darnold's problem is, is that last year he did so well because he has legendary gifts. I'm telling you, legendary gifts. But it's for those reasons alone that ESPN... And I hate saying this because I'm not putting blame on the on on the station, but they put so much pressure on this kid that he is so he thinks he has he's forcing these throws. He's always had a bit of an interception issue, which I'm okay with. That's that's normal for players that have such amazing arms. But you know the interceptions that he's throwing this year are just like, dude, you really want to go for a home run every single play. And so that makes me think, okay, I, I, he's been disappointing, but he's not going to be a bust. But he just needs one more year. He needs I will to get say used this. If he does enter the draft, his development will very much depend on the team he is selected by. Say he is selected by the New York Giants just for sake of local team that is in need of a quarterback. 
you don't know what's going to happen with Eli Manning next year because he was benched this this week, and who knows what's going to happen there. But if the Giants select Sam Darnold and they let him sit a year behind Eli Manning, I think that would be more beneficial than another year in college. So just getting back to the predictions and so that we can get back into the draft, my transition was so seamless, yet at the same time we didn't cover the rest of the games as quickly. So many good quickly, games. Quickly, Oklahoma and TCU, what's your prediction? I still think I have Oklahoma here. All right, I, I'm just not going to give a prediction on this one. Because you're scared. I'm so scared. I think Oklahoma— I don't want to jinx it, you know? I if just, I say they lose, then they'll win. And if I say that they'll win, then they'll lose. So I just don't want to say anything. I know we talked about it on last week's show about how the benching of for, I believe it was the first series of Baker Mayfield, would really help him a lot. And it, it looked like you it gave did. That cle- you gave that clever point, I think. It was you that— that said, what if what if um, Aaron Murray does so well that that, that they, they just go, Baker, psych, we're not putting you in the entire game. But the thing is, Kyler Murray went into that game and ran phenomenal. 67 yards, guys, 67. And then when he came up in mop-up duty in the fourth quarter, he was lights out. I, I really think that that really sent a light off in Baker's head that, hey, I am this good and I need to be a better person. And he looked so Not good a when better, he came. A more responsible. Responsible. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. And he just. Looked, I know the guy. Yeah. I, he's very nice. He just looked so good in yeah. coming into that West Virginia oh, yeah. game. He, he annihilated West Virginia. Th- and there were there were some points on the sideline when things were getting really chippy between West Virginia's defense and the offensive line of Oklahoma. Yeah, it, uh, and, Oklahoma's. And, and uh, Baker and Baker gathered the players on the sideline and were like, "Hey, don't talk to them." We're here to do our jobs. Which they shows don't the, matter. Yeah, which shows the quick uh, turnaround for Baker. Uh, and then the the next game, Wisconsin-Ohio State, who wins? I think I'm going to go. Okay, this is a, a difficult game now because of news that came out today that JT Barrett had meniscus surgery on Sunday. The people were telling me that Ohio State's replacement, and I'm blanking on the name for JT Barrett in the Michigan game, was actually playing better than JT. He looked pretty good. But the fact that he had— Maybe a Cardale Jones kind of situation. I was just about to say that. It could be a Cardale situation. But the fact that a kid is going to have— albeit it was arthroscopic knee surgery, but anytime you have to go under the knife at all, it's still obviously serious. The fact that he had surgery on Sunday and is going to play on Saturday, I think that's going to matter more than people expect because JT relies on his legs a lot to get out of the pocket and create plays. And Wisconsin's defense is not one to mess around with, so I no, think, it's not. I think he might. Co- I think the defense might cause them problems, and I'm actually going to go Wisconsin. All right, good, good. I like that. I like that because that 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 actually helps Oklahoma. Last one, if they win, <laughs> last one, Clemson, Miami. This game is the one that will open up all cans of worms. Oh man, please, please. Oh my uh, God, this oh, is this no. is the game that will unleash chaos upon oh, the college football world. I'm nervous. Say, say Miami wins. That's a two-loss Clemson team, but do you value? I mean, I guess Miami would be in if they win. Oh, Clemson's out if Clemson's they lose. Clemson's out if game. they lose, without a doubt. Yeah. Though it's not fair because no. the other teams are actually not better. And but I'm actually happy because I don't like Clemson. I don't know if we're going to have time to get to all the chaos that could possibly right. happen, but you're looking at a possibility if Wisconsin loses, if Clemson loses, and if Auburn loses. That's three of your top four gone already from the playoff. You didn't even mention Oklahoma. I didn't even mention them. You're really doing me a favor. Yeah, right I'm, I'm trying Thank to you. I'm trying to calm I'm your so nerves stressed. a little bit. But imagine if all four of the top of the current top lose. 
it's actually like it's very probable. It is a possibility. It's it's very these are very competitive games. I mean, you have to look at it. I, I mean, don't... I could easily see because Miami's offense is just it's it's really disaster. I could easily see Clemson blowing out Miami, but I could easily see Miami picking off uh Clemson like a bunch because Clemson throws interceptions. I'm of the opinion that they will that the committee will never not select a conference a power five conference champion into its playoff because that's just how they how they work and how what they think people want to see so i think any of the winners from this week's conference championship games as in acc big 10 sec are in the playoff what about pac-12 though pac-12 is out right exactly no chance it's not a power five it's only the power four now (laughs) um okay transitioning to the draft as we're ending the, the 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 pod in a second I want you to give me your top five. Um, I know we talked about it a it lot. It doesn't matter if they were great this year or not. Just give me your I, top five. It's Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen. Um, Josh Allen, maybe. No, Arden Thank Key. God. Lamar Jackson. I think okay. he's going to raise, raise on some boards. What? Yeah, I do. It's just, he's, oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Are you talking about as a player or as a quarterback? Because, like, it's a quarterback. He statistically he's as, has a better year than last year. Matt, he's as thin as me. He's just six. I mean, all he's got to do is put on weight. I mean, you saw him against the LSU game. Just got to put on weight. I mean, I think Darius Geis wanted to play defense and just break his leg. All right. Well, whatever. <laughs> I, I think Lamar Jackson's right, going to rise I'm up just the board. So I'm I got I got Rosen. I got Darnold. I got Jackson. I have Arden Key. And I have Saquon Barkley. Okay, fair. My top five is definitely Bradley Chubb from NC That's State. That's a good pick. That's a good he's, pick. He's sick. Um, and I'm going to be in top five of players that I think are very good and will continue to be very good, not just like the top five picks, because I know Rosen and, and if Darnold comes out, will be high picks. But I think Rosen's the next year Cutler. I think Darnold needs another year. So, you know, whatever. So Bradley's my number one. Arden Key's my number two. I'm not going to put Saquon in because I, I, I just I, I'm, I don't I don't really trust his game. I I'm I'm just I'm 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 not really sure about his game. I've seen a lot of great running backs. I don't know if he's gonna be great. Even though people are saying that he grades higher than Ezekiel Elliott right now. Right, but you know Ezekiel Elliott with fifteen with ten pounds more is significantly slower than the sophomore Ezekiel Elliott, which was ungodly. That won the national championship. You're that was, right. That was a different Ezekiel Elliott than Arden Key at number three. I absolutely love Arden Key. And then I'm going to go with uh, Tavares McFadden of Florida State. That guy's dirty. He's 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 putting Derwin James to, to shame. Which is surprising. I Well, because Derwin James has, has com- really absolutely struggled in just like as, as, a, as a defensive leader because his issue has been he was gone all sophomore year. So, you know, I, I actually would like Derwin to come back one more year um, So because I'm a little nervous for him. But um, my fifth guy, and and this is going to be a little bit of a shocker because people have forgotten him, uh, forgotten about him a little bit because he's had a couple of injuries, is Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Um, I think I think Minka and and McFadden absolutely should be top five picks, and are going to be just unbelievably. Great I do want my last goal. point to be that I think Saquon Bar- Barkley might be suffering from Leonard Fournette syndrome. Where he knows oh, you he, mean you play the knows, first six games yeah. against subpar teams, and, and he knows he knows he's good, and he knows he's going to be a high draft pick, so he doesn't want to get hurt. Leonard Fournette syndrome is I play great against subpar teams, and then Alabama destroys me. That's Leonard Fournette. So 
Don't get don't get in a debate with me about Leonard Fournette. Anyway, so for the College Gridiron Show, this is Mir Gori joined by Matt Costantini. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Talk to you guys next week. Hopefully Oklahoma wins. Go OU. <laughs>